Uh, welcome to the JACCP podcast. My name is Jerry Bauman, and I'm the editor of the Journal of the American College of Clinical Pharmacy. Today, we're talking with Dr. Sid Patanwala about his paper recently published in the December issue of JACCP entitled Feasibility of Pharmacists to Contribute to Multicenter Emergency Medicine Research. Dr. Patanwala is professor and chair of clinical pharmacy at Sydney School of Pharmacy and Royal Prince Alfred Hospital in Sydney, Australia. His co-authors include Kyle Went from the Medical University of South Carolina and Nicole Akisto from the University of Rochester Medical Center. Dr. Patanwala, welcome to the podcast. Uh, thank you, Jerry, for having me uh, on the podcast and uh, uh, thank, thank you for your interest in our article. Great. So let me begin. Um, first off, could you provide uh, for the listeners some background and rationale for performing the, re the survey research recently published in JACCP? And why do you think this is an important first step? My colleagues and I, we, we noticed when you look at the literature out there, uh, especially pharmacist-led research, there are quite a few single-center studies, which are you know, very common. But they're limited, a lot of them are limited by small sample sizes, often they're underpowered. And, you know, we wanted to overcome some of these limitations and to have better external validity. And that was the goal to see how we could get things off the ground so that we could really collaborate and do work that would uh, really uh, benefit everybody. You know, the other uh, thing about it is that uh, we were interested in, you know, especially with uh, comparative effectiveness research, there tends to be, it's difficult to overcome selection bias within one site. Uh, you know, there's less variation within one site, but when you have more sites, there's more variation. So we can use some of this real world data and to use that to our advantage to compare uh, drug therapies. And then we, we noticed that you know, when you look at national databases for emergency medicine, there's not a lot of information about medications. They'll have uh, diagnoses and procedures, but there's not a lot about medications. The few databases that do have medications have very little information and, and not the types of, sort of details that we uh, we wanted to answer some of the questions we had. So so that is uh, is why we we wanted to do this as the first step. The survey, you know, tell, uh, helps identify what's feasible, some of the barriers to, to doing this. What can pharmacists do within the existing framework and the existing resources and staffing? And uh, that would help guide what the types of studies we can do in the future. So you surveyed a series of emergency room pharmacists. And could you uh, for the listeners, again, please review what you think were the key findings of the survey. The key finding, I would say, is that the type of study design affects the willingness to participate nationally. So, and this is driven by, by the time, uh, by time constraints of pharmacists who are interested in participating. The most pharmacists uh, who responded, greater than 90%, would participate with a, if there was a retrospective study, you know, that did not involve uh, patient consent, or if it was observational, still about 85%, as long as it didn't require patient consent. But once you 
once it, if the study requires patient consent because that takes more time, then that drops to less than 50% of participants. So you end up losing a lot of people depending on the study design. The other uh, thing that we found that was interesting was that authorship was more important to people than grant funding. And you would think that, uh, uh, you know, the, one of the limitations is having money to uh, to do it, but people want recognition. And 67% uh, would participate without authorship. So you do lose, you do lose, you know, a third of people if if they're unable to be authors on the paper. And that's an important point to, you know, to think about, it, especially with sustainability of, of a network. The other thing was we found that uh, the more senior people were, the more they would the preferred authorship. And especially if they were involved in previous studies, in the multi-center studies and were authors on it, then they wanted to be authors. So I think recognition is really important. Uh, in terms of grant funding, uh, you know, we, we, we think about that as being a big uh, step to con conducting multi-center research. But 30, 30 percent, only 30% of the people surveyed even knew about uh, mechanisms in place at their institution to use the funding because when it goes to an institution, you know, it, would, it disappears into some account and nobody really knows how to track it or use it. They didn't have the systems in place. But, you know, close to 90% of people would participate without funding anyway. Great. Thank you. So in, in reviewing the characteristics of the survey response, it, respondents, it struck me that they were a relatively young group of clinical pharmacists practicing in the emergency department. For instance, about half have been practicing less than four years, and although uh, about two-thirds of them completed a PGY2 residency in the emergency department, only a, only a very small percentage uh, completed a research fellowship. How do you think this impacted the results of the study? I think that this reflects the demographics of EM pharmacists uh, nationally because it is a relatively young specialty compared to some of the others. And, uh, you know, but people are enthusiastic to participate. Those who responded to the survey are also likely those who will participate in the future. So I think the results represent the future participants in the network. But I think you make you point out an important issue is that because people are relatively new, the organizing committee or the lead investigators for the studies will need to really work closely with those interested, especially when it comes to institutional board approvals and governance approvals to get things off the ground. And uh, we'll need to walk people, engage them and walk them through the process and be available for questions. This includes data collection to make sure it's done right and uh, so that there's quality checks in place. And, uh, but we expect in time that people will gain more experience and then this process will become easier. I think that uh, also, you know, it's possible in terms of our results that some people may not be entirely aware of what the project would entail and the work that would be entailed. So, there would potentially be a loss of people when start when things get off the ground and and the project becomes clearer and the responsibilities for the project uh, become more apparent. 
So I imagine yeah. uh, that most of the respondents were not academics. And that could also be a reason that um, grant funding was not uh, as important as uh, perhaps uh, I would imagine anyway. Yeah, uh, there is, I, I believe, another uh, survey of uh, practice, National Survey of Practice in Emergency Medicine. And there are few academics who, are, who work in emergency medicine. Uh, most are full-time clinicians in terms of funding models. And, and that's part of the reason some of the centers that, are, that may not be connected to colleges of pharmacy they don't, or universities don't have, have those accounts uh, set up. And they might not be rewarded like academics. Yeah. They don't routinely, the pharmacy departments don't routinely have. So th those things sort of, people don't really know about them. They would have to work through that. Yeah. So, so as you noted, only about a third of the respondents required authorship to participate. And 80 87% were willing to participate without funding. What are your personal opinions regarding sort of this, the state of that and, and these findings? And secondarily, do you think that clinical pharmacists engaged in research should pursue both authorship and funding? I think recognition is more important than money to this group. I think the challenge is that... Uh, Contributing uh, cont contribution of data acquisition alone does not meet ICGME criteria for authorship. But I think we could have uh, other options for recognition, you know, perhaps as uh, being listed as a collaborator. You know, there are models of group authorship where people are listed as a collaborator, so they're still indexed on PubMed. And I, I fear that without some sort of recognition, people are doing this on their own time. Uh, I fear that there would be attrition of sites in time. You know, they would do it once and then, and then we would start losing, losing people. So for a sustainable uh, model, we would need to have some kind of recognition system in place. You know, it shows in the survey that the more senior people would only participate with, with authorship, more likely to anyway. And when we we want we want to keep people coming back. So, so to develop the network and the skills of participant uh, sites, because turnover is not efficient. Uh, we would want to go back and do this, you know, so that the people know now how to get things through their governance uh, structures. I I think that the pharmacists engaged in 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 these studies. Uh, you know, they should, if, if they're interested in taking a greater role, then obviously we would want to include them as authors. There are challenges of how many people you can really include and still add value and, and it be manageable. Uh, so I think uh, group authorship and the collaborator model might be the way to go. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, and, and, I, and I do think probably for this group of potential investigators that um, recognition, perhaps in the form of authorship or in group authorship, is, is more important than the money. So I have two other questions. What, you know, what do you think are the implications of your findings in terms of uh, training, both for PharmD students and for uh, PharmD, post-PharmD residents? 
And secondarily, do you have thoughts on what ACCP and and the journal uh, uh, JACCP could could do to help young clinical pharmacists engage in scholarship, uh, particularly those in the emergency department? I know that in in terms of uh, PharmD education, some some schools have have research embedded within their curriculums. The, when I was at the University of Arizona, we had a required research project. And, and down here in Sydney, as well, the honor students, do a, they have to do a, a research project. And that gives them a taste for, for research. I think that when people, you know, post D during residency, ideally we'd want residents during their residency to, be, to get proficient at least at some of the things in terms of getting through IRB and and governance using uh, things like REDCap for data capture, and so they're aware of how to work uh, collaboratively, uh, so they can hit the ground running. That would be ideal. Also, there's a you know there's a potential for residents to be involved in in the network uh, and be collaborators if because. Time constraints is an issue, and having residents at sites, they may act, they may add value to a multi-center network. This will be the first steps for them before they become practitioners at, and they move on. In terms of the, what can journal, what can ACCP and the journal do? I think Journal of ACCP has uh, written uh, recently. There was a how to write uh, article, I think. Other, there are other pharmacy journals who have also uh, have these um, issues dedicated to to research, kind of a, their how-to guides, and I think those are very valuable. I think the pharmacists need mentors at each site to, to guide them. I think that's really important. And uh, finally, you know, journals should have an avenue for group authorship if they don't already. Uh, during the submission process, or so make that known on their websites, uh, and that would be really helpful. I know that the uh, ACCP uh, Emergency Medicine PRN is is leading some of this, you know. So I think in in the future, the groundwork is being set. Great. I think the probably the article that you're referring to was um, written by Dr. Drayton Hammond, and I think it just recently appeared on how to sort of craft a, uh, a manuscript. So we'll, we'll do our best to, uh, to try to help those who want to get involved. So as you noted, the results of your study are a first step. And this first step would be an engaging clinical pharmacist and perhaps a national network of emergency medicine personnel. What are the next steps? Uh, and are you planning further work, particularly in implementing such a network? of scholars. So right now, the Emergency Medicine PRN uh, Research Committee uh, at ACCP has, uh, you know, the mem- membership of ACCP has taken the lead on this. And and uh, and it's nice because now you have a group, you know, within an organization of ACCP that's interested. And uh, there's a study on the way right now, I believe, on uh, uh, antimicrobial susceptibility patterns. Uh, for urinary tract infections, and that's that sort of uh, has has started now. So we need to support this these efforts within within the PRNs at ACCP, 
because you know that's going to set the groundwork and hope this leads to many successes uh you know since i'm in australia now uh there are emergency pharmacists here there's actually a good network right here who are keen to collaborate and there is the possibility for an international network depending on the research question of course of course uh and uh my guess is that the preliminary steps now in terms of the next work will likely be more towards the observational designs the the things that are that take less time that are more feasible and that'll help test the waters uh as we as we sort of mature in our in our network that's great i do wish you luck and uh i do want to thank you dr potwanel for this podcast and for your fine contribution to JACCP. Well, thank you very much. Thanks for having me.